Dad podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad podcast, where you join us at the table as we talk about the many questions of life. I'm Reese. And I'm David. And he is my dad. We're going to go ahead and jump in with the question of the day. Dad, what sport do you think you would be the worst at? Um, Gosh, there's plenty out there. <laughs> um, but I think the one that would be the funniest if I tried would be gymnastics. <laughs> yeah. If, if I tried to tumble and do the rings or the parallel bars or any of that, I would fail so tremendously. Yeah. Um, so I think that would probably be the one, yeah. I mean, like trying to do, what is it, the, the splits with the parallel rings that they do, the... Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I couldn't even, just getting up in the rings would probably be something I couldn't even do. Oh. And here he goes to mount, and he failed. That would be it. Yeah, I, with the CrossFit experience, we had a time where you tried to do rings, mm -hmm. uh, ring dips. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It is so stinking hard. Yeah. Because there's like zero stability with it. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's like trying to walk on the ocean or something because there's just no stability. It's just waving back and forth. And so it's, it's all you. Yeah. All the core strength, all the stability has to be from your muscles. Yeah. And those muscles don't get work normally. Gymnasts are, they're hardcore. And so I wouldn't even, in fact, I saw a thing the other day about doing where you kind of lay back and do pull-ups with rings. Mm -hmm. And I thought that would be cool. Yes. And I thought about getting a pair for that to do a different type of pull-up um, with the rings. But yeah, gymnast, I would, I would stink at. Mm -hmm. I think my answer would be rugby <laughs> for two reasons. One, I am not a large person. I'm, I'm very average sized. Mm -hmm. And these people that play rugby are like 6'5", yeah. 300 pounds. And I'm over here weighing in at a grand total of 160. <laughs> I would get absolutely demolished. Yeah, that's, that's one reason. But there's a second reason. The second reason is that you have to have an insanely high pain tolerance you do. to play rugby. Yeah. I had a friend in college that played rugby in high school, and he said, you know, it was common to lose teeth. It was common for people to get injured to the point to where, like, they were trying to stay in the game with a concussion. You know, they, they had giant gashes on their legs, and they just pulled their socks up. Because in that game, you have cleats. And people, whenever they get into, like when they start out and there's that big just yeah, mob of people. Yeah, the big pile. The reason they have long socks is because everybody tries to use their cleats to slam each other's legs and cut their legs open. And that's just, just a normal walk in the park. Yeah. I ain't built like that, man. Like the moment I get hit hard, I'm going to be like, coach, <laughs> coach, take me out. I need to, I need to rest. Yeah. I yeah. would. Oof. Yeah. Rugby. I don't know. I just. There's never a part of me ever, I think, that has thought, yeah. I mean, I played football. <laughs> yeah. That was about as close as you get, but you have pads on. You and, got pads, and, and there's a bunch of rules. Yeah. Like, you can't, 
you can't slam your cleats into someone's leg. Yeah. If somebody has a concussion, they're taking them off the field in a second. Mm-hmm. But rugby, they're just they just throw you to the wolves and then laugh at you as you get yeah. eaten up. I know. Yeah. And if you don't do it, you're you're not tough. So yeah. No, I agree. It's a really cool sport to watch other people play. It is fun to watch. I do not want to ever be involved in a game. Yeah. Ever. Is that the one the New Zealand team yep. does the... Uh, I think it's called the Haka. Yeah, the Haka. Now, mm-hmm. that's cool to watch. Oh, yeah. It's what? it's one of the most testosterone-filled manly sports True. ever. True. It's like if you took the Vikings and let them invent a sport. <laughs> that's, that's a great way to cut it. That's the Viking rugby. sport of it, rugby. It really is. Yeah. But I ain't a Viking, man. No. I am not. No. I love watching while I'm eating my nachos. Yeah. You know, I have no interest in getting up. Being like, get up, bud. You, the gash <laughs> is only two or three inches long. That's not that big a deal. You haven't lost that much blood. Yeah. Yet, you know, yeah. you wait until like second half when you're just, you know, fainting. Yeah. That's fine. No, there's no way. Yeah. Okay. So we have been covering the topic of one's social life. Mm-hmm. Last week, we kind of covered the idea of community and how important it is to have a foundational, healthy community with God and with his church in order to be able to function well in normal, everyday social interactions. So as we're moving on from that, the other kind of thing we want to hit is your own self-knowledge. Yeah. A lot of people, surprisingly, because they walk into social situations and feel uncomfortable, don't realize that a lot of the issue is is they don't understand where they're at. Mm-hmm. They don't understand how they work. And so uh, what would you say is a good first step to learning yourself and learning the way that you can do social interactions well? Yeah, I think the first thing you want to do is have a mindset that I think helps you in every situation of understanding that life is a journey Mm-hmm. that it's something that's continual and continuous and it's about the direction you're going. It's not about a destination. Mm-hmm. When you're young, and we, we, we mentioned this on the last show, you always look ahead to that next thing. Right. You know, when I, when I get to high school, when I graduate high school, when I can drive a car, mm-hmm. you know, if I go to college or get married, have kids, whatever, everybody's looking at these things and think, when I get that point, I'm going to know stuff. Right. You know, it's kind of like when you graduate high school, you think, oh, that's, you know, when you're young, you look at that as the pinnacle. Yeah, that's the old people. And then when you graduate, you're like, okay, that's it. <laughs> yeah. You, you expect like some kind of super download or you power up, you know, like a video game or something. And it's just a regular day. Mm-hmm. And you realize, oh, I got to keep living life. Yep. And life is like that. Life is a journey. And I think when you realize that life's a journey... It, it helps you kind of relieve some of that pressure. Yeah. Because we always think when I get to this, like people, I want to be rich. I want to make a million dollars. I want to be this. I want to be that. And sometimes they get it. And then they're like, okay, I thought everything would be better. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, people who sing or act, I want to be rich and famous. Yep. Well, they get it. And then they understand, oh, I still have to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think for us to understand life's a journey and that you're always learning as you go, that's, that's an important aspect that helps you not kind of overemphasize one moment of your life. Mm-hmm. 
but understand that your life is moving ahead step by step. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's something that definitely applies even specifically to your social life. Mm -hmm. Your social life is never complete in terms of like, all right, you've got all the friends you need. Yeah. You've got all the people you're pouring into. You got it. You got all the mentors you need. Because like we talked about in the previous episode, people come and go. Mm-hmm. You know, relationships are really close and they drift. I mean, high yeah. school is a great example. That's you know, true. you have all these people you're spending every day with. And then literally one year later, you haven't seen any of them except for like a few people. Yeah. I have like four people from high school that I still keep up with sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. And I had a class of 170. Yeah. And so... That's just the nature. Like life is, like you said, in motion all the time. Mm-hmm. So your social life is going to be the same way. Because I think sometimes we set those social goals for ourselves as well. Like, yeah. man, I want to be the most popular person in school. You yeah. know, yeah. Or you know, I want to be, and that that continues on to adulthood. People mm-hmm. are like, oh, I want to be the most, you know, influential pastor. I want to be the most influential engineer. I want to be the the highest paid, the highest ranking this or that. And it's the same thing as high school. And when you have that mentality, it kind of, it makes social interactions cheap. Because Mm -hmm. at that point, people become a means to an end for you. Exactly. You're not really hanging out with them to hang out with them. You're hanging out with them to make sure you look good. Yeah. And that's just a sad way to live. However, if you flip the script... And it becomes, hey, I'm going to, this is a journey that we're all on together. Mm -hmm. Let's walk together. Then you can enjoy each day as it comes. And you're going to just be wiser for that. Yeah, and you won't, I think a lot of times when we don't see it as a journey, we, we put so much more pressure on ourselves to do things perfect, to do everything the right way. Yeah. And, you know, if something doesn't work out, Mm-hmm. We think it's the end of the world. Right. You know, so-and-so broke up with me. Or the job I wanted, I didn't get. Right. Or I didn't get into the school I wanted. Mm-hmm. Or or whatever. Tragedy hit in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, and what we do is we think, well, that's it. Life's over. And we see that today with a lot of people. Like with the social media thing, people want to uh, post and do all this. And they have filters and they have all these things to really make it fake. Yeah. You know, where, oh, that's not what I really look like, but that's what I post. Because yep. I want people to think I look like that. Yeah. And and that that's a lot of pressure we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. I think also when you have that pressure, you tend to overemphasize the, the upfront acceptance of people. Yeah. Instead of emphasizing the long-term good. Yeah, and I think people make <clears throat> choices like that. You know, peer pressure, all those things. People make those choices based on, I want the acceptance right now, mm-hmm. not what's best for me in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. So if we're talking about knowing yourself, mm-hmm. what do you think are some core things to having that healthy sense of identity uh, to be able to walk into good social interactions with? Yeah. I think the key for people, if you want to interact with people, it starts with your own identity. Mm-hmm. And I think it's understanding that you need to be okay with who you are. Mm. And when I say that, I don't mean you stare in a mirror and, you know, I'm a good person. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying affirmations are a bad thing, but you need to have a, a realistic expectation of who and what you are. Yeah. You know, no one is perfect. Yeah. You know, 
you know, Jesus was the only one who was perfect. Yeah. So when you have a realistic expectation of yourself, you're like, okay, you know, there's some things I'm good at. Yep. And there's some things I'm not so good at. Yep. And and that is a balanced way to look at life. And it helps you kind of have that identity where this is who I am. Not that you're not willing to grow and change, but if you don't know who you are, you won't grow and change because you don't even know where to start. I think you're totally right. I think uh, if your goal is to seem perfect, you're never going to be able to grow because you never can be bad at something. Mm -hmm. And every time people start out at stuff, you're bad at something. Yeah. Like, let's say you're saying to yourself, I want to get better at making friends. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times I let friends come to me. I want to start going to people that I think would be great friends. Yeah. First time you do it, it's going to be super awkward. Mm -hmm. Sorry, just going to happen. Maybe the 50th time you do it, it's going to be super awkward. But as you go along, you're going to get better at it to where it becomes more natural. It becomes something that you uh, really have just gotten good at. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you already want to look like you're great and you're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to put myself out there. Yeah. You're never going to get better at interacting with other people. Yeah. And you won't grow. And it's kind of like, you know, lifting weights. If you don't work a muscle, mm-hmm. it's not going to grow. Right. And I think what we've done in our society is we've created a lot of ways for people to kind of stay the way they are, mm-hmm. to maybe project an image, mm-hmm. but to never really change themselves. That's Kind of like dating, mm-hmm. you know. People don't have to work as hard to date today. Mm. You can just swipe, mm-hmm. you know, and we've done all of these things to make it easier. And so a lot of guys never build up that courage to go have a conversation with a girl to to say, hey, you know, you want to go out with me sometime mm-hmm. and risk being turned down. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys never take that step of strength of learning themselves, how to approach a woman, mm-hmm. what to do, how to be confident. Mm-hmm. And so they just, well, I'm going to I'm gonna go online mm-hmm. and just do that. And I'm not saying online is wrong. I'm just saying that people do it a lot of times because they don't want to stretch themselves in front of people <clears throat> in real life. Right. It's, it's like almost a fear thing. Yeah. And the truth is, is when you have a healthy awareness that you're only human. Mm-hmm. You're not going to put pressure on yourself to be more than human. And yeah. I think that's what a lot of people are trying to be is to seem like they're Superman. Yeah. And that's a, that's a sad place to be because you're not. Yeah. No one is. The only person that would, that literally got it all right was Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he gave us his righteousness because he knew we're not going to do it. Like, yeah. And that's okay. Uh, to think of it through a social lens, um, a strength of mine is I'm pretty good at starting a conversation with somebody mm-hmm. and getting them to talk about themselves. Yeah. Like I'm good at that initial, like if I know I've never met somebody, man, I can I can build that kind of relationship. Yeah. My wife has gotten better at doing that because she's been married to me and sees how I do it. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, she is she's excellent at keeping these long-term relationships with people and just checking in with them a lot. She's yeah. very thoughtful, very caring. And that, that's not me. Like, sadly, <laughs> out of sight, out of mind for me, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so that's one of my weaknesses and where mm-hmm. I'm learning from her. Uh, but if I wanted to seem like I was perfect with my social interactions, I wouldn't be able to learn from her. Yeah. I, I would be like, well, you know, it's the first impression that matters the most. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's my thing. That's what I, that's who I am. Yeah. And I would use that as an excuse mm-hmm. to never actually put myself out there. But when I have a, an awareness that, hey, I've got some good things, 
got some things I'm not so good at, then yeah. I can get better. Well, and it's understanding your strengths and weaknesses, mm-hmm. which, you know, when you look at personality, you look at a lot of people are introverts versus an extrovert. That's a huge one. You know, and I think understanding your tendencies mm-hmm. is a huge part of understanding your identity. Right. You know, knowing that, okay, I'm, I'm more like this, I'm less like this. It doesn't make one better than the other. Can you define an extrovert and introvert for us real quick? Just yeah. so people know what you're talking about. Yeah, an introvert is someone who is sometimes more comfortable being alone. Mm-hmm. They can be alone. It doesn't bother them. They kind of like it. It energizes them. Yeah. Being around people can drain their battery. Right. If you want to make it like a phone. But then extroverts, being around people charges their battery. Yeah. Being alone drains their batteries. Mm-hmm. And those are two different type peoples. And there's different variations within that. But... It's kind of an overarching thing. And mm-hmm. it's just an example. When you know that you're an introvert and you've been around a bunch of people, mm-hmm. then you know that, okay, I need to, I need to charge my battery. Mm-hmm. I, need to, I need to plan some time where I'm just binging. I heard a guy say one time that he was at this conference and doing all this stuff. And he knew by the end of the day, he's done. Mm-hmm. So he says, I just go to the room and binge watch Netflix because mm-hmm. I know the next day I have to do the same thing again. So he doesn't plan to go out and eat with people. He, he's done with people. Right. And he said it's not that he loves people, but he wants to have energy for the next day for people. So he knows he needs that recharge time. Right. And so I think it's something that as we know our personality, we know, okay, this is best for me. Mm-hmm. Like people who are extroverts, okay, I want to go eat with people. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to have that because that keeps me charged. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's where we have to understand ourselves. And that's something that's... It doesn't make you better one way or the other. Right. It just makes you know yourself so you can kind of plan your life a little better. Yeah. And and the caution I guess we would give to you as the listener is don't use your strengths and weaknesses as an, as an excuse. Yeah. So like introvert versus extrovert is a great example. Mm-hmm. If you're an introvert, you may say, well, since I'm introverted, I just am not going to spend time around people. Yeah. I'm just going to be by myself because I like it. And I don't think it's a big deal. And that's what I'm going to do. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. However, no matter how introverted you are, to a certain extent, you need people. Yeah. We all need people. We all need a community. Everybody does, no matter how introverted you may be. Mm-hmm. Same thing with an extrovert. If you're an extrovert, you may say, oh, I love being around people. That's my thing. So I'm just not going to spend time alone because that makes me uncomfortable. And I don't like being uncomfortable. I want, mm-hmm. I want to have fun. And okay, I get that. But no matter how extroverted you are, you do need some time alone to reflect. Yeah. You do need some time alone to process, hey, where am I at? What am I thinking and feeling? And so going too far to each extreme yeah. is dangerous. And a lot of people are, are a blend of the two. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I call myself a selective extrovert yeah. in terms of like there's a very small core group of people that I can spend unlimited amounts of time with because I don't have that sense of obligation yeah. that your average person will give me. You know, that's what drains me personally Yeah. as an extrovert is when I go into a social situation, I'm like, all right, how are they doing? Are they cool? What are mm-hmm. we talking about? All right. Did they like that? Did they not like that? All right. Let me see if I can sneak in something that's going to make them more comfortable. Yeah. Ask, you know, I'm, I'm processing a lot because uh, I'm a thinker, but I don't feel that around certain people, like yeah. family, core friends, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so you have to have that awareness of where you're at, but not use it as an excuse. Yeah to never make new friendships or to never spend time by yourself. Yeah, it's like people when they do personality tests, 
it's to help you understand yourself, mm-hmm. not to give you an excuse to act one way or the other. Right. You know, oh, my personality is I'm just going to be blunt. Mm-hmm. Well, you may be more blunt in your personality, but you don't have to be a jerk. Right. And that's yeah. what, you know, we want to be careful that we have an identity. We don't have a built-in excuse. Yes. I think that's true. And so the journey to understanding yourself is almost like getting the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. You kind of got to know where you're at, what you're like, to see, all right, what parts of my personality when it comes to my social life mm-hmm. are just who I am. Yeah. Like if I'm introverted, like you said, you have to plan to have some time to recover. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, you know, what things are part of my weaknesses that yeah. do need to be adjusted? I may not yeah. get it perfect. But I need to start taking steps because this yeah. part of it's unhealthy. Yeah. And that all comes from that reflection. And it comes from being okay with not being perfect yet. Yeah. And figuring yourself out. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go ahead and jump in with the questions of the day. Let's go ahead and start off. You know, fall falls here. Right? Fall is here. Yes, Fall's is. happening. I saw some brown leaves in my backyard today. <laughs> yep. I really did. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening. I know. Um, so the pumpkin spice latte. Uh-uh. Are you a fan of the pumpkin spice latte? I, I'm actually not. Mm. Mainly because they have coffee in them. Yep. And I'm not a fan of coffee. Biggest weakness. Yeah. Um, I would probably like it other than the coffee. In fact, and this is what, you know, we'll talk about it was in it was in Waxahachie where y'all went to school. Waxahachie, Texas. There was a, a, a coffee shop. What's it called? White Rhino. White Rhino. Very mm-hmm. good coffee shop. Yep. And they made a pumpkin spice chai. Mm-hmm. And they called it what they call it? The Chumpkin. The Chumpkin. <laughs> I mean, you got to say it's Southern. Come on. Yeah, it's called Chumpkin. Yeah, chumpkin. Chumpkin. <laughs> so, it, you know, because it, it was a, a chai pumpkin spice latte and they called it a Chumpkin. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. But the regular, I would not get. Like I have the been tempted with to, coffee? Yeah, the regular mm-hmm. with coffee, just because I don't like coffees. I've thought about going to Starbucks and seeing if they would make right. a pumpkin spice chai, but I'm afraid that they would just look at me like I'm weird and not do it. Well, here, I'm, I'm 100% with you on the answer to this question. Yeah. Because that chumpkin was probably the best cup of tea I've ever had. And the reason is this, not only was the flavor good, but they had steamed the milk and it was made with 100% milk that was steamed. So it was frothy all the way to the last sip. Mm -hmm. And I had never had that before in my life. And so it was like a revelation. Like I could hear (laughs) hallelujah going on. Angels are singing. It was, it was so good. Uh, No joke. The past two Christmases, I've thought to myself, should I buy an espresso machine, <laughs> even though I hate coffee, just to get that steamed milk thing again? It's like it's like a person chasing their first high, <laughs> but, it, but it's for tea. <laughs> I'm just trying to get back to that cup, trying man. To get back to that that cup. first cup of that chumpkin. Um, What's well, true? We've tried. I mean, we bought frothers. Yeah, and they're okay. It's not the, okay, same. It's not the but same. It's just not the steam milk, and and I don't know. Do people make? If anyone knows us, tell us. Is there a thing that just steams the milk for real? I mean, I don't need an espresso machine, but I would buy a milk steamer because just to show you how much research I've done on this, <laughs> when you froth milk and make it foamy, 
it does air bubbles that are uh, easily collapsible. Yeah. So the foam is there for about 30 seconds That's and true. then it's gone. However, when you steam milk, it puts the air bubbles into the milk itself to mm. where it stays foamy yeah. for as long as it's there. So it's got a much longer foam life. And that means a lot to me, I you guess. You have researched that. <laughs> I really have. I've, I've researched different kinds of espresso machines. All right, we need to move on. But, uh, yeah. okay, let's go to the next question. Oh, this is a deep one. Is there anyone that you compare yourself to? Ooh. Yeah. I'm, well, for me, the last few years, I've, I've moved into the entrepreneur world trying to, to start a business, coaching men, doing all that. So yeah, I've got guys in that space that I do compare myself to in some respects. I, have, I, I guess I'm older, so I don't compare as hard. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, I did it hardcore. Um, but yeah, there's people I look up to mm -hmm. that I'd like to kind of be like in some ways as far as kind of their level of success, what they do. I try right. to learn from them. Um, so yeah, I, I like that. When I was younger, yeah, I, I looked at other guys. I was in youth ministry for 30 years, so I would look at other youth pastors mm -hmm. and I was pretty insecure when I started out mm -hmm. for a while. So I very much compared myself and always, oh, uh, and I, and I kind of thought much more of myself than I was, mm -hmm. you know, I had a very healthy ego for no reason, but <laughs> I just, I guess it was my own insecurity coming out. But now yeah. I do it in a way, but I don't think I do it where it's as unhealthy. Right. As far as I kind of know who I am, but I'm also 55. Right. So I've, I've worked through a lot. Yeah. Um, but I do. I, I look at other people, what they do, what they've done, how they do it. And I try to learn. What do I like? What fits me and what doesn't? Yeah. I, for me, I don't think there's like one person that I necessarily compare myself mm -hmm. to. It's just... Sometimes I do compare myself to people who are better at things that I want to be better at. Yeah, Whether, that's a good way to put it. Like sometimes that can be a business. Uh, sometimes that can be even social interactions. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes that can be in ministry. You know, sometimes that can be writing. You know, some people have a yeah. really good style that I think is good or yeah. music. So I do, I would say I struggle with comparison still, mm -hmm. like in, in an unhealthy way. Yeah. Um. But it's not to one person. It's I'm having to really unlearn that habit. Mm -hmm. God's kind of walking me through a journey of being more content because uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a driven person, mm -hmm. which in some ways can be great because you always are going to grow. But the, the flip side of that is the comparison always got to do more. Yeah. And God's been trying to break me of that for a few years. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'm still on that journey. Yeah. Um, but it's usually if someone's good at something I'm not good at. Yeah. You know. And I think there is healthy comparison to where you Right. Inspiration. You're challenged by someone like right. I like listening to people who think and and can really uh say what they mean, mm -hmm. you know, really succinctly and well. Like you said, people who write well, people right. who speak well. I like hearing people like that because it challenges me to be a better communicator. Right. That's true. All right, final question. I'm gonna let you answer this one because you kind of have some experience with this question. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one where a lot of listeners are going to be on this page. So here's here it is. How do you build a healthy community if you grew up in a community that wasn't healthy? If you grew up in, whether that's a broken home, 
or whether that's around people that were very unhealthy for you, uh, how can how can we be an agent of change with that? Yeah, I, for that, it's got to start within. Mm-hmm. You have to become healthy. And that doesn't mean perfect. But what it means is, especially if you grew up in a broken home or you had abuse happen in your life, you've got junk. You just do. That doesn't make you a bad person. And I'm not saying to blame those who did that to you, but you've got to deal with that. Right. And until you deal with that, you'll really, it'll be hard for you to build a healthy community because you're not bringing anything healthy to it. Mm, That's good. So what I would tell people is, you know, you've got to, you're carrying a giant suitcase of junk. Mm. You've got to deal with that. Yeah. And so what that usually means is getting help. And I don't mean someone to sympathize with you. I mean someone who can help you process through the pain. It may be counseling, therapist, whatever. A lot of people, when they grew up in a tough situation, like if you've been sexually abused, or even if you went through a broken home situation and had maybe multiple step parents in different ways and all this, sometimes you you don't even know what you're missing. Right. You don't even know the frame of reference. Yeah. So you've gotta you've gotta start within and say, okay, what can I do to be healthy? Mm-hmm. You know. Now maybe yours wasn't as extreme as that, and you can start just reading some books. Mm-hmm. Like uh, a book we've talked about a lot. One of the first books that really helped your mom and I was a book called Boundaries. Mm-hmm. And and Dr. Henry Cloud, he has a website, boundaries.me. I talk about it all the time. Because sometimes you don't even know what you don't know. Right. And then you read something, you hear something, and you're like, oh, wow. And so you've got to start on the inside before you can build a healthy community. You've got to start building some healthiness in your own life. Yeah. I guess the one thing that I would say in addition to working on yourself mm-hmm. is getting in an environment where you can work on yourself. Yeah, that's true. Um, if you're still part of an unhealthy community that tears you down every time you try to recover or get yeah. better, yeah, you have to get away from those people. Yeah, And the book Boundaries will help you do that and see why and how that's not wrong. Yeah, But you, you can't be in an environment for healing when the environment itself is trying to keep you from healing. Yeah. So I guess that's that's what I would say to that. But thank you for that perspective. Yeah. That's, that no, is I huge. think I think that's a good add-on because, you know, like a lot of people when they leave addiction, yeah. they can't hang out with the people they did drugs with. Right. They just can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that they don't care about them; they just know it'll take them back to that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens at emotional levels. It too. does. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of the Hey Dad Podcast. If you have any questions, you can send them to us on Instagram at the Hey Dad Podcast or email us at questions at heydad.us. Thank you again for joining us and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.